The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DKHOOPS. That's code DKHOOPS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How's everybody doing? I want to welcome you in to a very, very special episode of NBA Rookie Life with Ryan Hollins, 10-year veteran, Houston Rockets analyst. This episode hits my heart, man, because sometimes as a player, we can't help it. We have an affinity towards the guys that we see ourselves in. If you're a point guard, you're like other point guards. You're a big man, you're like a big man. But if you're a tall, skinny guy, this guy right here was my guy. He was Illinois Mr. Basketball, all-rookie first team, McDonald's All-American, the third pick in the 2000 draft, and one of the most exciting young players to ever play the game of basketball, none other than my big bro, Darius Miles. Now, in this episode, you're going to hear some heartfelt moments. You're going to hear some adverse moments. You're going to get down to draft stories, obviously. We're going to go into the film room, and I promise you one thing. One thing I promise you even though he does a great job on knuckleheads, you're going to hear something that you have never heard before and have never known. So the thing about Darius Miles that a lot of people didn't know is that he was that hybrid player that intrigued everybody. He was 6'9", incredible wingspan, fast twitch athlete. He was on the cover of every magazine coming out. And I know today we take our information through social media, through Twitter, and so on and so on. And that's how we, we see guys. We get an assortment. We get, in, you know, an abundance of information. But back then, you had to go and get the Sports Illustrated off the rack. You had to go and watch ESPN or Fox Sports. You had to go and watch these shows and sit and wait to see your highlights. And when a guy was big, he was major. And Darius Miles was that guy and obviously still is. So this right here is one of my favorite episodes. Buckle up, lock in, grab some popcorn, stay tuned. Coming up next, we have none other than Darius Miles. Over the top. Watch out. Miles from McGinnis. Stay tuned right here on NBA Rookie Life with Ryan Hollins. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DKHOOPS. That's code DKHOOPS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours.
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See DKNG dot com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser podcast to start listening. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferreira, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I want to know this from you, man. For me... I always had the NBA as a dream, but I remember mm-hmm. playing at UCLA. I went down there and um, it was Joe Johnson, Baron Davis, Paul Pierce, all those guys in the gym. And I, mm-hmm. and I felt like I went back to home. I was, I was, you know, I hadn't even played a, a day of college yet. And I went to my boys and I was like, yo, for real, for real, I think I could play in the league. Like, like you yeah. feel like it, but I felt like I had that moment. When was that moment, you know, for you, man, for people don't realize you were one of the most celebrated high school athletes of all time but when was that moment of conversation was like hey Darius you need to go to the NBA or was your confidence to the 10 like man I'm I'm gone was this always your plan what what was it or what was that conversation or who had it with you and said man this is a realistic thing where I'm from 10th through 12th was high school and 7th through 9th was junior high wow so when I was in ninth grade I didn't play in high school I was I wasn't in high school I played in East St. Louis, which we only played against two other schools. So I sk- we only had like an eight-game schedule yeah, yeah. <laughs> my ninth grade year. But I was playing in the Pro-Am, like with, 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 Hold on, with bro. Like Anthony Bomber and Larry Hughes and all that stuff. <laughs> so then I got invited to, to go to Santa Barbara to Jordan camp. So I played in the Pro-Am. And I went to Santa Barbara and I played against Michael Jordan and with Michael Jordan before I ever played a high school game. So that summer kind of confirmed for me, like, yeah, I'm ready for, for the league. But And I still had three years of high school to go. <laughs> Yo, hold on. I never played. I never stepped foot on a high school court or ever played a game. I tried to play in my ninth grade year, but they told me I didn't go to that school, so I couldn't play in high school. So that's when it was like... That's when the stuff started really getting real. So I'm starting seeing like real NBA players that I'm playing against. And like I said, that was my first summer meet Michael Jordan. And I, first game I played against, I instantly guarded him. You know, <laughs> when he walked out there, everybody, everybody running from him. How old are you? I'm like, I'm like 16. Stop it, bro. Like 16 <laughs> years old. But I instantly took the challenge. And after that first day, he picked me on this team for the rest of the week. Like the rest of the week I played with Mike. I felt like I was pipping, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and uh, after that, it was just like, it was like, it was like etched in stone that I, I'm supposed to be going to the league. But I didn't know how the journey was going. I didn't think I was going to go out of high school. But after that, I knew I had a journey of making, get a good chance of making it go, going to the league. I was talking with, you know, some of the OGs a little while ago and like, 
our generation, you didn't get compliments. Like we no. didn't get the like, oh, you so like the OGs will beat you up, they elbow you, they hit you, and afterwards be like, yeah. good game, young fella. What was that first time where Mike kind of yeah. gave you some like clearly you gained his respect by being picked? Was it just the pick or was there ever what was those that first conversation? The first day we came in and you know, he had he had all the kids. We had Michael Jordan Camp in Santa Barbara. He had all the kids out there, and you know, they got like a group of college kids out there, like Q was out there, like the top college kids was out there to play. So he picked like three high school kids to to come out there. And it was like me and two, I can't even remember who's the two other guys that was with me my first time. But uh, when we first got out there, I was like, I was on Q and them team. So I instantly walked up to Mike and guarded Mike. So, you know, I'm long, I'm fast, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm spread. I'm only a, a, a buck 85. I'm six nine, like a buck 85, something wet. But I'm long and I'm fast. So when I first started guarding him, I blocked his shot like twice. I blocked the fadeaway. I was Stop good it. with time. Stop it. You broke, you blocked the black, you blocked the fadeaway? I blocked the fadeaway. <laughs> I was feeling myself. But this was like the first couple of times up and down. Like I I I played good D. And I'm like, oh I'm on it. After that, he didn't miss a shot no more. Like he started pump faking. He started pump faking and he started. One time he pump fake, because you know, I'm so long, I'm I'm waiting on the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the pump fake and I'm waiting to get up on him. He pumped faking and like a little jab to the ribs. Like, hey, hey, watch your ribs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch your ribs. You you, you coming all up on me with your hands. Yeah, watch yeah, your yeah. ribs. I'm going to turn the ribs up. Pump fake again. Like, he showed me the IQ of it mm. then. Like, yeah, you long, you this, you that. I think he was happy that, like, he was surprised that, oh, man, you got that much IQ and talent for the timing, how to play defense, the, the structure of it. But then he showed me his IQ of, all right, this is how I adjust to a defensive player. And, like, I, I think he ran off, like, the next eight. Golly. <laughs> like, but after that day, I even crossed him. I even hit him with my famous little right to the left. Right to the left. And, and I got it off. And, uh, man, after that day, I was just on his team, and it was just, like, it was so much more easier playing with him because he brought so much attention and this was like this is like the, the year after he's retired like after he won that third that second third one with the bull so he still is in in mode yeah. so this like 98 <laughs> you know Yo. what i'm saying so like he's still in mode of really the best player in the world and like he he ran them off, and like I said, them first them, them second days, the rest of them days, I really felt like pipping, like the assist, <laughs> me cutting back dough. It, it it felt like a two man game. So that's how it was. That's unreal, and I I could see, man, if if MJ gives you that stamp, um, again, was there? He had to give you some type of conversation. Yeah, but you know, back then, you know, like you say, it we was could, not another word. But you know, like you say, back in the day, we didn't give each other props. But before you walk out that gym, if he walked by you or anybody walked by you as a hooper and they they, they put their fist out and give you a dap, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. a sign of the yeah. respect. Like, yeah, yeah bro, I, I, I like your game without verbally and communicating it like the way they do now, you know? Man, that's I, I got goosebumps. I got chills because we've seen there's a photo of you, Q, and, and MJ at the camp. You know, I'm yeah. not realizing, and Q gave us, you know, Q gave us, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to admit right now, Q gave us yeah. a lot of dirt on you. It, 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 he gave us a lot of, you know, he gave us some some clipper tales. Some, you know, I didn't know you how far <laughs> y'all had went back. Y'all actually yeah. were boys before y'all were boys. So tell me yeah. about the process of you and Q, and then when, you know, it's getting closer. And people don't know. Kevin Garnett was like that unicorn, you know, the, the versatile yeah. big man. You know, there were stories of him coming out. And you were the first guy, the first guy that got that, this is the next KG. He's like that. Yeah. And I remember you um, you were making plays, man. You made a play. Because I was I was the young boy. I was in high school when you were Clippers. We were all that. I used mm -hmm. to sneak down to my grandma's apartment. And I was, she had cable. We ain't had cable. And I used to watch all the games. I used to be head yeah. tapping all that. You had a plan in <laughs> high school that everybody ran. When you, you ran, you took the shot, you got the shot back and you dunked. But you made so many plays. What was it like 
when you're finally around the draft time, like when it's coming there, what was that like? What was that hype? What was that anticipation, man? Talk to me now. We're centering in on draft day. Were your expectations like, I'm going number one? Or was it like, man, listen, wherever they take me, this is all gold? Yeah, initially when I when I decided to go to the draft, I didn't want to commit unless I was going to be a lottery pick, which the lottery mm. was like top 12, top 13. I didn't want to like, if they told me I was top 20 or something like that, I didn't want to take the chances of me slipping and losing the opportunity of messing up a career and have to go a whole nother angle when I could have went to college. Mm. Like that was one of the big things that they were stressing. And that was one of the things that they was trying to scare guys away from going out of high school. It was like, yeah, it's a possibility if you don't get picked, yeah, yeah, yeah. You might be be over with. And you've seen a few guys that kind of came or got picked real late in the draft or whatever. But uh, I didn't want to go until I was sure guaranteed like a, a lottery pick. Uh, I committed to the University of St. John's. And uh, mm. the coach, Mike Jarvis, he, he basically was like, man, I would love to coach you. But man, them folks talking about you top five. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, so oh, Coach Jarvis okay. was the first one that gave you the nod that, like, don't waste your time. Yeah, Coach Jarvis and my AAU coach, like, they was really keeping me up on it. Because, you know, back then we didn't have the social media or the real access that we can have now and see certain things that we can see now. Like, it was word of mouth or it was, like, folks having conversations. So my uh, AAU coach, Larry Butler, and uh, Mike Jarvis was, like, kind of my – my agents and, and recruits and scouts to see wow. what was going on with me. Mike Jarvis kept up with me because he just really wanted to know whether he was going to really have me or not. He was just telling me I'm a, I'm a unique player. I'm like the, the few unique players to come to St. John. Like I'm from East St. Louis. I'm a Midwest kid. And I'm talking about coming to Queens, New York to, to play basketball. And they really don't get these type of recruits. Most of their recruits and most of the players that they have play for them or mostly East Coast. Yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. But I was a big Omar Cook fan. I thought he there was the, you go. Uh, he was the, I thought me and him, our games were meshed perfect. I was big on Fab Five, so I was always big on looking to see who I can match up with to, to play the style of game I play. I thought St. John's played the style of game that I wanted to play, up and down, run, and I felt Omar was the perfect point guard to do it with, which I felt it was a good decision because he led the nation in assists his freshman year. So I felt if I went there, I definitely would have got some of them assists. But he told me about, uh, Mike Jarvis told me about the draft, and he told me I was top five pick. When I committed to the draft, after school was out, I moved to Chicago. Me and Q got an apartment together, and we worked out. Every single day, me and him worked out every single day. As we working out, we going to different teams and, you know, trying out for different teams. Q had about 20 teams. I probably had about six. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. Like six, because I was, I was messing with, the, like, the top six or seven. But the New Jersey Nets had the number one pick. I don't know if he told you this story. <laughs> nah. New Jersey Nets had the number one pick, and um, they wanted to work me out, right? They wanted to work me out. But that, I didn't have nobody to work out with. So Q was at the apartment. So they was like, yeah, have Q come work out with <laughs> So, you know, me and Q, we very, very competitive. So when we walked in, we walked in as friends laughing and joking. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. when we went through the workout, we looked like we was about to fight. Like, that's how hard <laughs> and serious, like, our workout was against each other. That they looking at us like... Y'all, y'all leaving together? Y'all, <laughs> y'all cool, cause boy, y'all going at each other like that. And it was just like that. Who who popped it off? Cause you know when you go out, you try to be chill the first couple possessions. I'm gonna play hard. Oh no, I'll, when it comes to him, cause cause he was the bar for me. When I first started, like I say, I didn't play high school ball. I, I played pro am, went to Jordan Camp, that's unreal, and played AAU ball with Q Nil before I even played a high school game. You know what I'm saying? Which is QNIL was going to be seniors and I was about to be a sophomore. So this is my introduction to Q. So when I first seen Q, Q was like the man. Yeah. He's McDonald's All-American. Their high school team was number one in Illinois. Like Q was everything that I wanted to be mm. and more. He was the first version of a, a like, that's, that's the example of who you need to become to 
to Facts. be who you want to want to be. Facts. So when I seen him, and then I started playing AU ball, and I ran into Corey Maggette, Jerron Rush, uh, Coleon Young. Oof. Like it was just hitters after hitters after hitters, and these was the seniors, the guys who was about to be seniors. And like I say, I'm playing on their level, but I'm about to be a sophomore. So I skipped the, even the juniors. I, I skipped a whole nother level. But when I seen Q, that was just what it was. Hey, and I'm going to touch back on what you said. You on the same team with Jerron Rush? People don't yeah. know. Now, we, we used to play against them. I, we, I just played okay. with Q now, but with Jerron, Coleon, Corey they was on the same team. <laughs> like, and they Golly. Was, I'm talking okay. Jerron. It was Jerron, Coleon, uh, Corey Maggette, Earl Watson. Mike Miller. Yes. yes. These are the hitters that we <laughs> yeah. and me and Q Nem used to bust that too. Like Oof. we lost one Q Nem lost. Well, I ain't gonna even say we because it was really Q Nem team. I was just a, a part <laughs> of it. That, that. But they lost one game the whole summer. Golly. One game the whole summer. Every big tournament, everything. One game the whole summer. And the one game they lost was the last tournament in the championship. That's the only game we lost the whole oh. summer. They dominated the summer. That's why uh, Dennis Gates and all them, Cordell Henry, I got a chance to come up under them before I played high school. So it, it gave me a visual of like, like this is the number one team in Chicago. I'm a Southern Illinois kid. This is the bar I need to be at. And that's that's what led to them. No, Vernon, you had to see me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm loving it. I'm loving it, man. I'm loving it. Talk me through draft day. Talk me through draft day. I want to know who is there with you. Who shows up, man? L uh, look at y'all too. And, and, yeah. and listen, this was a this wasn't supposed to happen. I'm not gonna say nothing, but we, nah. you know, those who listen back, I'm just gonna let you tell the story. But one, well, first, let's go. Who was with you on draft day? Walk me through that, and then we're gonna go into how this thing unfolded. Who was there with you? You know, how'd this day go? I brought my mom, my grandma, my granddad, uh, mm. my pops. I brought bought one of my homeboys, and, and that was really it. I don't have brothers and sisters or nothing like that, so uh, I didn't have to bring, like, a crazy amount of people. Like, I grew up in a yeah. house with my mom, my grandma, and my granddad, so that was, like, my my core right there. So that, that was basically who came with me. You know, Q had his his sister, his his brother, his pops, uh, his stepmom, all that together, and like I said, me and Q was together all summer, so it was basically me and him and, and both our immediate family. Uh, we went down the draft to Minnesota, man, and I just remember coming down there and... Uh, Hold on, your draft was in Minnesota? Am I getting this straight? Your draft was in... You wasn't in New York. This is Minnesota at the time. Minnesota. Like, I... What's crazy is, like, some of the guys looked at me like I was, like, one of the guys, but I was, like, I'm the youngest there. Like, these yeah, are the yeah, guys yeah. that I was just watching on TV in college and stuff before I even came. So I had to really woo side and and, and kind of let the fan part of me go. I was just <laughs> watching these guys on TV, and now I'm not a fan. I'm more of that competition now. And, uh, man, me and Q was just going around just watching and people the same, man. I remember Jamal Crawford uh, up in there. He already had the chains and everything. You know, we ain't had a, we ain't got a check yet. Only check yeah, we yeah, got yeah, was yeah. an upper deck chain. We were still scared <laughs> to spend that. But, uh, you know, you're seeing some guys already got their chains. I remember Corey Alexander, he already looked like a pro. He Ooh. had earrings, was playing a necklace. He had to walk on. He, he walked around like he already a five-year vet or something. So when the Clippers picked me at three... You know, I'm still just ecstatic. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> like, like, yes, facts. I, I worry about the <laughs> what team and what what the hell's going on now. But I'm at the draft. I'm just I'm happy to get picked. I'm happy that I just broke history. With the third pick in the 2000 NBA draft, the Los Angeles Clippers select Darius Miles of East St. Louis High School. You know, I'm the highest draft pick ever to be be picked. I, I didn't just pass my idol, which is KG, of being the highest draft pick to be picked. I'm just happy and ecstatic for it. And then, like, later on in that draft, Q slipped. He mm. slips. My agent had a phone call with the Clippers, like, man, the perfect duo if you pick Q at 
<laughs> so and so, because Cupo. Okay, so he didn't. He didn't notice you put the word in and no, said, did, or your I agent didn't. and said, I didn't. The my agent. agent, my agent. Who's, put who, the word who's your in. agent again? Jeff Wexler. Jeff Wexler yeah. puts the word in. Is like these two right here. Y'all pick coming up. Like Q and D is like homeboys, homeboys. Y'all just picked the. Y'all picked him high. What's perfect in the picking one of his close friends to be on the team with him, and you getting a wow. you getting a real good player. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. This can be your future two, three at that. And uh, the Clippers picked Q, I think it was 17th or 16th or something like that. Uh, but Q probably got picked between 8 and 12, I think. Yeah. And he slipped a little bit, and, and which was a blessing. It, it was a blessing in the sky. When I heard they picked Q, <laughs> like, we went into this, we never thought it was a, even a chance or a possibility us playing with each other. We felt like yeah. this, this, this summer that we had, this experience that we had of working out together, preparing for the draft, was that was it. And we we weren't going to get a, be able to play with each other again like that. But for them to pick him at there, I felt like I just got picked all over again. Wow. On the team, you know what I'm saying? It, it made it so much better. It made my transition to the league so much better by having him with me. But we can get back to basketball. Talk to me about this draft suit. Kill him. Uh, I know you was uh, killing him at the time. Talk to me about the draft suit. Who picked it out? Were you swagging on him? Talk to I, no, I see no chains. <laughs> no, nah, nah, we, we, we were scared to spend our money. <laughs> yeah, We were yeah. scared to spend our upper deck money because that was the only money that we were getting right away. <laughs> But no, I, uh, my 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 suit was uh, my guy out of Chicago, man. He hooked Aye. me up. Uh, you know, I got this that Steve Harvey baggy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause, <laughs> trust me, I was sticks and bones under that suit. I, <laughs> I ain't wear that much. But uh, I wanted to just stay simple. I didn't want to be too loud. I'm not a loud dude or or a real flashy type dude. And um, we picked the gray. Uh, my mom helped me out a whole lot. Like I ain't never really wore a suit outside of prom. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> that I had so this to be able to pick a suit and, and and come out like the the whole transition of it, like getting measured for it, the the whole nine. And you know, Chicago, they they was doing that down there. And I got my suit straight out of Chicago, and and that's that's what we came up with. All right, Black, talk to me about now. Q has his story, but people don't know. You know, summer league is one thing you know, training, and then and then you kind of show up for training camp and regular season with all the OGs, all mm -hmm. the vets. So you don't see the vets until day one of training camp for the most part. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about that first day, those first experiences where it's like, all right, I know Q, but I don't know the – I know 50, I know Q, I know I'm feel familiar with some of these guys, but, like, how about these OGs coming in? What was that for those first – were you butting heads? Were y'all cool? Was it Big Brother, Little Brother? Talk to me about those experiences. Because y'all boys came in to make noise. Yeah, we was kind of cool, though, because, like, like us, Keon – we knew Keon from AAU. Like, mm. uh, Lamar only is a year older than us, like – yeah. All of us was kind of in the same AAU circuit. So we kind of knew everybody, especially Corey. Like, Corey, he's from Chicago, uh, even though he was a year in the league before us. like So it was a fairly younger squad, so we can come relate to these guys. The guys that's finna play, we all 21 and under. You know what I'm saying? They got five guys that's 21 and under. So it was... That transition was easy. I remember the first day we had to run the, uh, a mile and under... was it? Under... Four minutes or something like that. <laughs> five, five. five like that's five still minutes. might like, be six. That, yeah, y'all went in the five. That's still crazy. Yeah, so I remember that <laughs> we had to run that mile the first day. That was my first time ever doing something like that. So my thing <laughs> was to is to chase Earl Boykins and chase Corey Maggetti because this feel like that wow. was the two guys that was in shape. I wound up coming in. Uh, I think I was like the fourth or fifth guy coming in. I think Earl was in front of me, Corey was in front of me. And I think me, Q, Keon, and the rest of us kind of fell in to the yeah, spot yeah, yeah. After, after that. But that was that was the big that was a big adjustment for me to come in and sit here and have to run a mile and, and have to pass. And if you don't pass it, you'll have to run a mile again. So again. I was determined to because <laughs> I didn't know what it was. I couldn't time, so I just put my head down and run. But when we got on the court. Man, we had great veterans like Sean Rooks, man, Derek, Str oh, Derek Strong, 
Yes. Uh, like like them was them guys that 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 just made it cool. The transition was kind of cool. Michael the Candy was a little little goofy, but you know he was a real cool guy. Yeah, 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 too. So like our team, we didn't have no expectations, so we didn't have the type of energy or the type of aggressiveness or the type of you got to get your shit together for us to continue yeah, a yeah, winning yeah. legacy. Facts. That wasn't on our team. Our team was like a whole mashup startup, even with the coaching staff. That wasn't even the same coaching staff that was there the year before. Who was the staff when you first came in? Man, we had Alvin Gentry and rest in peace, my God, man, I love this man to death, Dennis Johnson. Yes. <laughs> the great Dennis wow. Johnson. Like, that was... That was like, he was my guy guy. Like, uh, we had John Hammond, you know what I'm saying? Mm. He's the GM for the Orlando Magic, man. We had some some real good starting guys that brought a, a thing together. Like, people don't realize, like, they won 18 out of 82 games the year before we got there. After that first year, we won 31 games. And mind you, we won 31 games in a league where we really is a, a college team. Super facts. Like we we're the youngest team ever to be assembled and put together. We have five kids that's that's under 21 years old, and we won 31 games coming into the league. And I, which I feel like that's a big jump because this was a grown man league when we walked through the door. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So people don't really give us props. They be like we was getting smacked. We wasn't the worst team in the league. We won Not 11 more games or 12 more games more than they won the year before us, and they had. Derek Anderson and and Maurice Taylor and all these these veteran or guys that's been in the league a while. I I tell you right now, I, I grew up in Pasadena. Like I said, I I grew up watching the games. Y'all listen, Black, you don't understand. I thought I was you with the headband and the whole Fair thing. Not. You know, you you young and you looking at Mike and KG. Yeah. I'm looking at you. You know, we rock with you. So in LA, we was all Laker fans, but it was like from the Hoopers. Y'all was us. Y'all yeah. was us. Y'all was for the culture. What you guys did in that movement was was so, literally so uh, ahead of his time. The head tap, the head, like the, the culture. Then y'all was Team Jordan. Yeah. It was just getting put on. Yeah. Y'all asked this a lot, and we got it. We got to come around to it. Who gave you the business, man? Who who tore you up? Who who just lit? Because listen, you, oh, hold on, Black. When you played the four, you had <laughs> this. Th this position is dead now. Carl Malone, KG, Tim Duncan, Dirk. I don't know if you got a sprinkle of Barkley. And the, the power forward and the shooting guard were the best in the in basketball, in yeah. all the sports at that time. Yeah. But who tore you up, man? Who get ooh? <laughs> the first one who got me, it was Chris Webber. He had like he had like ooh. 38. And he was hitting that free throw line jumper, and he was jump hooking the out of me. I'm, I'm trying to time it. I'm trying to knock him off his rhythm. Like, I didn't try like eight different ways, and he had like 38 where I felt like, yeah, that was me right there. And there was nothing Ooh. I can do with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, I, there was yeah, nothing yeah. I can do with it. Chris Webber, he was just jumping hook, jump hook, jump Ooh. hook. He, he running screen and roll, pick and pop. He, he free yeah. the line, Jay. It was just, he went through one on me. So he was the first one that I was like, damn, I, he got me that. Big thing about me was, man, I took total confidence of being a defender. Like, me being straight out yeah, of high yeah, school, yeah. like, my team and not only the coaching staff, my rookie in my first two years, they they trusted me to guard the Kobe's, the Webbers, the KG's, the T-Mats and all that, fresh from high school. You know oh. what I'm saying? So that gave me a level of confidence that, yeah, I really posed to be here because they they know how how competitive I am and how serious I take it on on the defensive yeah, yeah, yeah. end. And I knew with the defensive end, that's gonna get me on the floor and finishing. That's what it is. So, you know, I took the challenge. And as a team, we took the challenge every night to just be better. We didn't want to be the bad news clippers. Like the stuff with Keith Cloth, they showed us that through the gate. Mm. Like, yeah, don't be out here doing all this stuff, cause look at this and look at that. But uh, like I said, people don't, if you really dissect the first two years that I played, like I say, they won 18 games before we got there. They revamped the whole team and brought five guys that's under 21, the youngest team ever assembled. We won 31 games. So we won 14 more games than they won the previous year. The next year, we won 39 games and mm. we were two games out the playoffs. That's how our progression was going. 
what's even more crazy about it, they could have gave two guys $100 million a piece. They could have maxed out two guys and put them on our team because everybody on our team was like on a rookie deal. <laughs> Like that's what make it even more crazy. It, it was it was too far ahead of his time. It was it was like too. Yeah, it was too far ahead of time. Yeah. Hey man, I got I got to ask this, bro. This is just a personal. One. I want to know like, y'all had that dude the Mamba on the other side. He he most so keeping a butt fitting with what y'all was doing, mm-hmm. but he was over there with the Lake Show Real and doing time. his thing. You said you matched up with him. Yeah. What was, what was that relationship like with Bean? What, what, was it at that time? Was it beef? Was it was it the young alphas? What what was that like? You going out and guarding him and going at him. It, 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 and then it, this this was a real battle for the city. This yeah. was a real like you know. And obviously they the Lakers, y'all the young star. Mm. What was that like matching up with Bean? Did y'all have some run ins and programs this summer or you know shoot arounds or whatever? He was he was like the Bruce Wayne. Like we never seen him <laughs> except for on the on the court. Like we never seen him pull up. <laughs> like it's like it's uh-huh. like he just appeared <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> and he was always equipped to go. He was the one though, because all of us was we couldn't match up with Shaq. You know, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we yeah. know who they are and, and what they're doing. They haven't won a championship yet, but the aura of them when we when we got there was them. And we just watched, they showed us a tape and we watched Shaq score 60 on them the year before we played on his birthday. Oh man, 61 points. So that year we beat them, you know, for us to be a young team and yeah. beat them and so forth on. And I used to hear the stories about how Phil never wanted the Clippers to beat the Lakers. So when we yeah. beat the Lakers, we celebrated like we won with the championship because <laughs> we beat them. And Derek Fisher and Kobe Bryant had the type of energy, the young guy energy that yeah, yeah, yeah. we had. The rest of their team was best. Yes. They, not, they didn't have that Gosh. type of energy enough. So every time we played them, it was always like Derek Fisher and Kobe is trying to keep that level intensity yeah, and yeah, keep yeah. that young energy going. But the rest of them was veterans. They weren't, <laughs> they weren't yes. on that. But uh, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, we split with them. We beat them twice that year. Oh. And that was just amazing because, like, when I got to the league, it was, of course, it was a bunch of players on the wing that was great and good. But the ones that was on top of my list that I felt was better than the other ones, Kobe and T-Mac was just something different. Yes. Like, they was, they was different. Like, they had a counter for everything you took away. You know what mm. I'm saying? And so when I when we played them type of guys, Kobe and T-Mac, them was the guys that all of us was trying to be on the level and be like or even be like be better than. Like from me, Maggetti, to Q, to Keon, to all of us, we was trying to be on the level of them. So getting an opportunity to play against Kobe, like we was at their neck. And that was the good thing about our team. And I feel like that's why everybody liked We was exciting. And we didn't back down Facts. from a grown man league when we was really college kids in it. How was that matching up with T Mac? Was it was there a play when you were guarding T Mac and was like, dang dog, like I just threw, I don't know, or, or like, hey man, we just gotta fight. Like when like, when I used to play somebody who was better than me, I'd be like, I'm just gonna get physical. I'm gonna fight. Like I'm, I gotta, I gotta just do my work early. Like was there a play with T Mac where it's like. Yeah, I see what I see what it is. I yeah. I, I see. <laughs> Every time I seen T Mac, he had about 30, 35 in his pocket. Way no. <laughs> you know? One, one of my things, my rookie year, we played against them, and I think he had like 36 or 38. And he was he was just going, I was guarding him most of the game, me and me and Lamar. But he was just going through one, but we was in the game and I was having a good game. We went, I had a bunch of dump. And at the end of the game, they got him the ball, and I blocked his shot to win the game. And that, that gave me so much even more confidence. Like, he got the ball. I gambled. I reached. I missed it. He he wound up catching it. He turned, tried to lay it up. I quick jump, blocked it. Uh, I think Daryl Armstrong picked it up. I blocked it again, Ooh. and we won the game. So, you know, <laughs> I was feeling myself after, yeah, after yeah, yeah. that game. So that was one of the games that really – uh appelled my confidence to a whole nother level because I really respected T-Mac and Kobe as the, the top two wing players in the league. Stay tuned, guys. 
We're going to go into the NBA Rookie Life film room coming up next. And we've got some very, very fun clips, exciting clips, historical clips. We're going to break down with Darius Miles. So stay tuned, guys. We'll be right back. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you gotta check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DKHOOPS. That's code DKHOOPS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See DKNG slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. All right, now we, we, we tore you down. Now we got to pull you back up because listen, listen, but you were one of the most exciting players of all. You had the league full of megastars, but y'all own Sports Center. Yeah. So in fact, you own Sports. People don't know that. Like, so everybody goes viral now. You had to go and watch Sports Center. And if you missed the top 10, for one, it was only 10 highlights going out that we all watched. Yeah. And if you missed the top 10, you had to come back in the next 30 minutes or so and try to sit, catch yourself on a highlight. You couldn't just pull it up on the phone. So, Black, let's go into the uh, NBA Rookie Life film room, and I need you to break down to some of these plays. What was going on? What was the feel? Why was the moment so big? Who threw you the pass? Well, I need to know the scoop behind some of these plays. So, listen, I grew up, I watched these things Listen, more times than you can count. Walk me through this one. I think this is the live that L.O. gets you. Y'all playing Sacktown. You, yeah. you talk about Webb having a piece of you. So what was happening in this game? And walk me through this clip. Go back to Divac. He'll fire it. Locked again. Odom gets a piece of it. Ahead to Lamar. The lob. The jam. What a punctuation mark in this one. Oh, me, oh, my. What a play. Blocked by Lamar Odom, who just kept running. Sean Brooks looks up the court and throws it. Lamar Odom, the court presence, the sense is just throwing up at the basket. The play of the game, the play of the season in the NBA, the Los Angeles Clippers route the Sacramento Kings, send them home to cry in their beer. 
first of all, you need to really look at this clip because you look at the time and the score. Like, uh, we're, we're, I, I, we're I, I, up I peeped and, it. We're <laughs> up and winning anyway. So this, we didn't even have to do this, but that's tell you how wild and young and how we just didn't really care. <laughs> like we, Boy. Tried, we was making a name for ourselves as a team and as a, as individuals. Twenty two seconds on the clock. Sacramento, trust me. If we want, this is probably the one game in three, four years that we won against them. So this is the game that we won. We actually played them real good. And, uh, man, uh, at the end of the game, Sean Rooks got it, and he just threw a, a deep – it was a tip from Lamar. Sean Rooks got it, and he just threw a deep pass. And I just know Lamar. You know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. I, just, <laughs> I just know Lamar. So I, that's what made me keep running and going for the lob. But I just know Lamar would do something sick like that. And – you know, when I seen Rooks throw it, I just knew Lamar was gonna do something with it, and it just it just happened perfect. Which I feel like this is the best live ever in NBA yes. history. Because <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing, OG threw it up. You know, OG yeah. like, hey, let's go, we out. He could have held that thing out. OG yeah. shot. That was the type of team that we was like. What what guys get mad at these days for a guy that's scoring or getting the dunk at the end of the game or so forth on, we didn't care. Like we we didn't care. We was young, we was breaking the rules, and we was doing stuff that, <laughs> that a lot of cats didn't do, like the celebration. Like a lot of people didn't take kind to us mm. coming and celebrating. A lot of people yes. didn't take kind to like every time we scoring and stuff, we celebrating and all that stuff. Some people liked it, some people didn't. And that's how we broke the barrier. Like, games like this. Like, in today's game, they'll try to get mad at you for doing that. Super in the fast. game over with and so forth. On. But we didn't care. We was ready to fight. We was, we was ready to do whatever <laughs> they was talking about doing about it because it was about us and our team because we was so young that, you know, they didn't want us to shine like that. And we were the Clippers. Yeah, we had yeah. to start from the ground up. All right, now we got to go take a look at one of my favorites. Listen. Listen, before we run it, the right, I don't think you understand, Black. I was in high school practice, and I'm working on the right to left. I never got it off in the game. I never understood. And, like, for you, this was the excitement of the type of player you were, a hybrid big, which is now this is the the best. At this time, (laughs) it was like, what is it, you know? And you made a way. So how did you have these skills? And this is this is one of the nastiest. This is one of the nastiest plays I've ever seen in my life. This is one of my personal favorites. Run this clip in, or just, you know, talk me through it, and we're going to run this deal. They are trailing the Hawks at home by six in the fourth. Oh, Miles with a gorgeous move around Weatherspoon. One of my favorite weapons I had was a right-to-left crossover. He's going to Jack says, I'll make my free throws down the strip. Knocks down two games. Miles on the crossover dribble gets around. Kobe slam dunk for Darius Miles, who now has 15. I worked on that. I had a right to left crossover since my sophomore year. One of the things that I knew I always can get it off on, which is what you see Weatherspoon right there, was yeah, the yeah. power forwards because they was bigger guys. They couldn't move them feet a, a real fast and so forth on. That actual game right there, Q went Q went through one. I think Q had like 28 or 30. And me and him, that was one of them me and him games where we was really celebrating. But I always know my right to left would work on the power forwards because they was kind of slow and they couldn't move. And you come on, man. This the garden. In the garden. I was gonna this say that in the garden, but <laughs> I, I needed that for my for my soul. For my <laughs> for my soul so bad. And to do it in the garden and just make it even more special, but that's just what it was, man. That's one of my favorite moves to do. That was one of my signature moves, right to left crossover. And if you look back in NBA history, I feel like my right to left is just as good as a lot of people right to left. <laughs> and you got OG Kurt Thomas. Kurt Thomas will take you out the air. You, yeah. What was so impressive about what you did, Black, is that this league didn't give up dunks. And no. you got dunks in a league that was taking you out of the air. It wasn't the technical. It wasn't the flagrant. It was just play on, get, get up and yeah. get you two free throws. By Richardson. Buckle up for Darius Miles, who just yeah. took the gravity out of the building. Oh, did he get up high. Yeah. I, let, let me tell you this story. This story when I was younger. When I started playing in the Pro-Am, we used to play uh, one of the guys that was on our team. His name was Big Bo. Big mean, I'm talking about big mean, I'm talking about 6'10", 
about two, 275, big, mean boy down there, right? So we always used to practice, and every time I went to the hole, I always used to hesitate when he was down low. So yeah, one yeah. day we was just do- running, you know, running open gym and so forth on, and I got through somebody, and I went full speed on Big Bo, and I dunked on Big Bo, and he bust my nose. <laughs> but that was the day, that was the day that my confidence of going, th- jumping through the big brick wall or jumping through anybody that's down there or anybody's in front of me, that what broke, grew the confidence of me doing that. Shout out to Big Bo, man. He, uh, Because I always hesitate and I always will... You know, you know how you see you got a big guy down there. You yeah, 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 yeah. Hesitate, yeah. you don't go as hard as you supposed to go. And that one day I was pissed off so much that I went to the hole and I dunked on Big Bo and he bust my nose and I never feared dunking on anybody else mm. after that. So that's why my confidence when I got to the league, I don't care if it was Shaq, I don't care who was down there. I'm coming. I read you gonna have to hurt me because I'm gonna jump yeah, through yeah, the brick yeah. wall. <laughs> Facts, facts. Let's uh, let's grab one more one more clip because listen, man. Like I said, we normally black. We normally don't do this. You're one of the most exciting players to to play the game. Exciting young fellas. This was so far ahead of his time. What are you What are you reading here on this play? Who throws the pass? Who's it against? Break break me down. And what what was this call here? Was this a read or was this something y'all would draw up? No, nah, this was that, that was just read to spin live. Who's guarding? Is that Lawrence? Is that Funderburg there guarding you? Yeah, I think that's Funderburg. Oh. This was just been live. This was something that uh, I think me, Q, Maggetti, us guys, mm. we added to we added to this team. We used to get these as an overall team. We used to get them like four or five times a game. You know what I'm saying? The spin Ooh. live. If people come, if they on the high side or so forth on. So uh, I used to do that so much in high school that they already knew. Like if you try to deny me the ball, I'm spinning. Normally Automatic. like that. Automatically like that. So stuff like that. We knew our guys' tendencies. We knew what, what, what we posed to do and what we didn't pose to do. And, you know, a lot of this stuff they weren't doing in the league as much as we were doing. It was, that was when the game was really changing to a whole nother level. Like, we sped the game up. And that's how we won a couple of games. That's how we won games and how we competed in the league. Yeah, man, definitely. Listen, that, that's so far. I don't know if anybody even in the league right now, maybe Zion yeah. may be a guy when he's on it out of spin live. But, oh, that's the, his hair goes yeah. another one. I, it, listen, this th- that on, on spoon and this one right here, talk <laughs> me through this one on Red because Red Monovich was a bad boy. He was a big shooter. You know what's crazy? I was waiting for Romanovich to – to because I did it every time I played Romanovich. It seemed like every time I played Romanovich, <laughs> I right to left. I remember when Romanovich was playing with KG, and KG mm. used to scream out, right to left. Right to now, because <laughs> he knew. But Romanovich used to go for it every single time, and I never stopped doing it. <laughs> if you keep on letting me get away with it, I'm gonna keep on doing it. But that was one of the ones against him, and you know, playing against GP, that was a big game playing against Seattle and stuff like that. Yes. So. These how they used to let me ISO, and man, that's why I say the Clipper team. We were so young, and we knew what everybody could do and the special things that they can do. And like I say, one of my go-to moves was that right-to-left crossover, especially on big men. What are you looking for? Obviously, you said a slower guy. Romanovich, he went slow, but he, he didn't have a lateral quickness. But yeah. what are you doing to sell? Because you literally had guys on jumping on yeah. skates and then the cross was coming. If you see on this one, usually I always a, a go between my legs. Like I make sure stuff clear, the, the room is clear. And, mm. you know, I go through my legs real slow to kind of give them a, a little base on them. And then once I, I put quickness on it to right to left, it's over after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll see you at the top. Ooh. Okay, okay. Listen, I didn't know you was going to show H-Town some love like this. All right? I didn't know you were going to show H-Town some love. So <laughs> I need you to break down a clip from one of my favorite young fellas. Shout out Jabari Smith Jr. Had the Shout best game Jabari, of his career. Man. The, the other day, and you are very similar in frame mm-hmm. to Jabari, and this is the biggest shot of his young career. What's happening right here on this clip? Here we go. Comes into Smith. Fade and fire. Oh, he hit it on turnaround three with four seconds to go. Unbelievable shot making here by Jabari Smith Jr. 
They got it off quickly. They still left some time, but Smith hit the tough shot. Oh my goodness, now 30 for him, a new career high, tying it up at 115. I feel like the coach didn't even write Jabari up to be an option on it. This would make this play even more special because he wasn't even an option on it to get to him. I feel like the man in the corner and other guys was more option. Obviously, they was trying to get a screen for Jalen Green to come up at the top of the key to get a good shot by itself. But just Jabari, just knowing the game, knowing time, and wanting the rock, you know what I'm saying? To him to get the rock turned and all that, very tough shot, man. I, I remember his pops back in my day, you know what I'm saying? His pops, yes. He won, he won, he won his as good as his son was, you know what I'm saying? He's more of a big man, but uh, yeah. I'm a big fan of, uh, of Smith, man. And uh, this is just a start from your confidence of what you need. Like, these games like this, stuff like that. Them the games that you need confidence. Them the games that you remember with them little moments. Like, all right, it makes your team believe in you. Like, oh, shit, you can hit a yes. shot like that. That means that, like, all right, if all else fails, we might not draw the play up for you, but if all else fails, we feel we can get it to you Facts. and you'll make something happen with it. So I'm proud that he had the opportunity to do that. Uh, his game is just overall, I feel like, uh, you know, sometimes it's a gift and a curse being on a young team. Like like mm. like how we was it was it's, it's a gift and a curse, but it is it is a good gift because you get the playing experience, you get to play, you get to, to see what's going on, and have fun. So I'm I'm proud of them guys. And and here's the thing with Jabari, you know, I'm trying to think how many guys can hit this shot. Yeah. How many young guys can hit this shot right right here, Black? Because, you know, what's the degree of difficulty on this look where he's mm-hmm. he's facing the baseline and coming coming off? How hard is this shot for, for a player to hit? And being right-hand turning over his left shoulder. Yes, a lot of righties go right facts. Like turning over his left shoulder. Mo- most guys, they want to turn to their right. For him to turn from his left shoulder, that means you got to jump and turn all the way around to face the basket completely to get a, a proper and good shot off. You know, that, that's that's the point, the top of the shot that he shot, the fade, how, how much he fade away. Some guys fade away too much where it knocks him completely off balance. Facts. I feel that's, that shot was a great shot, man. And for him to get that opportunity, it shows a lot. and It, it builds your confidence. Yeah, man. And this was even, like I said, the next game, he balled into the very last game. He played extremely well. The team fell short, but, it, it, you know, he's getting into one of those zones. Um, I, I got to ask you something, man, before we get you out of here. I got to ask you something. I had too much respect for y'all team and what y'all did mm-hmm. to, for me to throw you out. But, but since you said it, I know you're taking a good look at the young Houston Rockets, Jalen mm-hmm. Green, Alpron Shingoon, all these young guys in Houston. Shout out H-Town because you Shout said, shoot, Houston. I wanted to go and play for Coach Rudy T. You know, we're going to have yeah. to run this clip back. What advice would you have for our young team? You've been through it before. They're kind of going through it. We're, our guys are just super young, exciting. And it was funny. When I interviewed for the job, one of the first things I said, I'll I, I put this out. I said, we are that knuckleheads Clippers team. Mm-hmm. We are the second coming That's of that is. exciting, yeah. young, running up and down. But this coming from you, how do you feel about having that tag? And what advice would you have for some of these young guys? And when you watch, you know, what have you been able to see from our guys? With our Clippers team, like, man, if you've seen us play in practice, we went so hard at each other that you, you would probably think that we didn't like each other. But when you look at them highlights of anything, mm. you will see how we cheer for each other when, when you got dunks or you'll see how we jumping off off the bench and and, yeah. and and doing all this celebration. You known us for celebration, but like we were so competitive with each other. One thing I would really tell them guys, stick together and take it a day at a time because everything is a building process. It was us against the world. You know what I'm saying? Mm, you got facts. these old, you got these older guys like, man, we ain't finna let these young guys come in here and do that. We got these old guys saying like, oh, they showboating on us, so they're going to throw extra elbows. They're going to be a little bit more tougher. We stuck with each other. We was very competitive, and we pushed each other to the mile. But once we got on there and we put them jersey on, it was us against the whole league as being young guys. You know what I'm saying? Just because it's, it's – just because the league predicts you to be a bad team don't mean you're supposed to be a bad team. Like I say, they won 18 games before we got there. We picked, yeah. Now we got five guys under 21, and we win 14 more games than they won the previous year before, being the youngest team ever assembled. 
We add another guy that's under 21 the next year, and we win 39 games. But that was telling you like that. When you look back on it, they were like, yeah, we was getting popped. No, nah, we was popping a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We was two games out the playoffs our second year. So nobody's going to believe in Houston but them, but I love the young talent. I love Porter Green, man. Like, uh, when I seen Jay up in Green, <laughs> when I seen them get drafted to the Rocket. It instantly remind me of me and Q because I know how you and close Gump, they yep. am at home, boy. I've been watching Jay and Jay up since they was in high school. I know how close and how their chemistry is, how they play together. It reminded us of us. It made it more familiar. But uh, just being patient, compete against each other every day without being jealous, without having that mm. envy. Because trust me, it was games like, you know, we all play the same position. It was games where Maggette didn't Thanks. play. It was games that Q didn't play. It was games that I didn't play. It was games that, that Keon didn't play. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, we mad and we want to play and we want to put the time in, but it never shot us away from rooting for our brother. You know what I'm saying? We always rooted for our brother and we bring that energy to each other. So leave the jealous and envy out of root for each other. You only can make each other better by helping each other out. And that's how it was for us. That's huge. And, and our young guys definitely uh, needed that, man. Shoot, I might have needed some of that some of that pep <laughs> talk, man. I appreciate it. Um, again, too, let me let me throw this out, too. I, I forgot to get to it. You talked about that upper deck money. Was yeah. it your first crazy buy? Was this sudden that, you, you know, kind of like sh showed, your, showed your age? What, what was your crazy buy, man? What did you buy? I'm, I'm going to tell the story. Like my mama drove, my mama drove school buses. She made uh, sixty thousand dollars a year. Uh, my first upper deck check, I had to sign a hundred trading cards. They gave me eighty thousand dollars to sign it. Wow! To sign like a hundred or hundred and fifty trading cards. So I didn't make yeah. more money than my mama made in a year off of signing like a hundred trading cards. So that was an instant. That that's how the money yeah. instantly changed how it how it shocked me. I totaled my mama car uh, a month before school or something like that. Totaled the car. She had a, a, a Pontiac Sunfire. So my first purchase was a Lincoln LS. I asked my mama what kind of car she wanted. She said she wanted a Lincoln LS. So I used that upper deck money and bought her a Lincoln LS. So she was like, yeah, I seen this watch in Walmart. It costs $30. Can you stop by there? Can you stop and, and get it for me? And I was like, you want a $30 watch from Walmart? I went and bought uh. a, a $5,000 Rolex. So I bought a Lincoln, I bought a Lincoln LS and bought a $5,000 Rolex. She never wore the Rolex. <laughs> 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 she never wore the Rolex. But, but she, she, want, and, she probably want that $30 watch. And <laughs> she I, wanted and, the $30. And, and, and that's what she told me. She was like, I asked for the $30 watch. So I went and bought her the $30 Shut watch too. Mom. She wore the $30 watch more than she wore the Rolex. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was my, fir my first two purchases, which was upper deck money. I bought my mom a Lincoln LS, a, a smoke gray Lincoln LS, and Ooh. I bought her a $5,000 Rolex. Well, Black, if you ever want to total my car, you can have at it. Just make sure you safely <laughs> do it. <laughs> Go ahead and rent my car off the road right now. <laughs> well, well, shoot, big bro. Thank you so much, man. You know we've been on it for a while. You've been mentoring guys like myself for a long time. You've become a staple, not just of your time in the NBA, but a part of the culture. It is yeah. you are you and Q and Knuckleheads are part of history. We know for one, I'm not even going. You're not going to let you say. Make sure y'all go download, y'all check out, y'all go watch Knuckleheads. This was the culture for, for me growing up. This is what we were doing. We were getting dunks and doing this, and I was trying to right to left and trying <laughs> to post up big body like Q in the lane. And that that team was like I said, it, it was us. So for the culture. You guys were so advanced, so go ahead and check that out. But where can people find you? Aside from Knuckleheads, we know that. Like, follow, subscribe, all that. And what other initiatives do you have going on where we can get back and support you? Because we appreciate your time here. Man, I got a lot of stuff. I got a project coming soon with uh, KG that we, we're working on. I don't really want to announce Ooh. exactly what it is. But <laughs> people need to look, look for that. Uh, I have I own my own tech company uh, uh, called Impressive yes. Event Solutions. It's on all platforms, all three platforms. And Knuckleheads, man, the baby, the one that kind of put me back on the map to do something positive in this basketball space and, and tell these stories so 
people can see and hear the people that came before them and see the stories and that they done went through and the journeys they done went through to know that we all kind of got, we all got different stories, but we all got similar stories. And th- that's about it. I'm on uh, Twitter and, and, and Instagram. I'm not the biggest social <laughs> guy, uh, but, you know, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and uh, check out Knuckleheads on, on YouTube and all platforms that sells your podcast. And I got to give you your flowers while you're here, too, uh, big bro. You are a superhero to us. So your expectations, and I'm sure yours was, too, was Kobe and Michael and 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 Hakeem. Those were we we saw from you. Injuries happen. It's a part of real life. Mm-hmm. And I know when you go through stuff, I think it's natural to shut off. You know, we didn't hear from you for, for years. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But you was a part of that was something that never got right with a lot of the, the real hoopers. Your career never got right with a lot of us. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you being vocal on knuckleheads and speaking. And like you said, you want to play. You said, I don't talk to nobody. You don't talk to nobody. Yeah. And opening <laughs> yourself up for us to hear. We appreciate that. That's the legacy. We don't always see it. But I want you to know. I want your flowers right now. Like, your career hurt. That, when you bro. got when you got hurt, I'm sure it hurt you. But it hurt <laughs> us. Because we like, we watching you, big bro. Like, what's the steps? We watching you out of high school. We watching the steps of how do we, we want to be like that. We want to, I, I, I wouldn't, you know, you were closer to my age than KG, you know, yeah. than, than Duncan and those guys. So we mm-hmm. watched you. So that your pain was our pain. But to see you doing your thing on Knuckleheads, to open up, to speak, to tell your story, it's priceless. It's priceless, bro. It's priceless. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. We in a day and age, man, where it was, it was kind of, it was shunned upon you to communicate and to, and to open up. And you know, sometimes some of these stories come out, and, and you know, it was shunned upon you that, that they'll say you're too crazy. But I'm just glad that we, we, we're 20 years from now, and we got to say these stories. We got to communicate better. That's not only with us, but our families and everything. So they are know for the next generation to be better. So uh, I'm glad I'm just open to it. Uh, I've been through a lot in my life that I feel like it's, it was a, it was the proper time for me to open up to the world and just, you know, people who did look up to me or, or was wondering what was going on to me. Just uh being open to communicate, and that's one of the things that we just don't do as a people as a whole. But I'm just glad that uh, the world is open to it now, and it's 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 really serious with mental health and a lot of stuff that's out there that people need to know. Man, we love you, bro. We we appreciate it, and, and yeah, thank you, you, bro, you know, man. for your time here too. Again, man, blown away, humbled by what I just heard. This is like like I said, selfishly, this is one of my favorite uh, podcasts here with Darius Miles, a guy I, I looked up to, I aspired my big my big bro, and still killing it in the game. And I feel like his career is so much bigger now, post basketball, if we can say that, than when he played and he was a a megastar. But guys, if you like what you heard, we need your support, and 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 it could be simple as listen, like. Follow, rate, subscribe, and share the word, man. We we can do more cool stuff with your support. So I appreciate you guys. Tune in next week and spread the word. Appreciate you. Much love, everybody. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 